0: Mmm, 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 mmm. Greetings, friends. It's time for Bible College by Radio, brought to you direct from the campus of African Bible College. And now for today's lesson, let's join Mrs. Nell Chinchin.
1: Welcome to Bible College by Radio. As we come to our last of the heroes in this exciting chapter of faith the 11th chapter of hebrews we really hate to move on and yet we've learned so much from them from each one we have learned a valuable spiritual lesson and we will not soon forget them is that not so ganwo
0: it is certainly so mrs Chin Chin. our last lesson lesson 15 was especially helpful to me all those judges They weren't prophets or anyone special, but those political leaders who were so strong in the faith was a real encouragement to me. I know sometimes we think that faith is just for the preachers or the pastors or the church leaders. But we really saw in our last lesson that even sometimes we can find the strongest faith in our government officials and political leaders.
1: That is certainly true, Gonwo. And in high places, and places of authority, this is where it is often more difficult to take stands for God. Leaders have so much pressure on them from all sides that their faith is often tested more than anyone else's. And that is why when you find a man in a high government office or political position who does have faith, his faith will often be stronger than even your church leaders. And this is because he has had to take some stands for his faith that may have cost him something, in popularity or even position.
0: I see what you mean, Mrs. Chinchin. Chin. I liked the way Gideon was called a mighty man of valor. He was really one political leader who helped his people a lot. And yet, he is listed here as a man of faith.
1: Gideon was a man of faith, Ganwo. He obeyed God, and he went out to battle with just a small army, only 300 men. And yet, because God was with him, he won the victory. And then there was Barak. You said uh, that was a new name to you, Ganwo?
0: Yes, it was, Mrs. Chin Chin. But I can see that Barak had faith in God's promises that he would defeat that big army of Sisera. He believed God's word that God had spoken through Deborah, uh, Deborah who was judged over Israel at that time. But what about Samson when he killed those 3,000 Philistines? Was that an act of faith or revenge?
1: Well, Gunwo, it is true that God used those Philistines to punish Samson for his sins. But still, God had promised Samson's parents that he would deliver his people, the Israelites, from the hand of the Philistines. Samson, no doubt, had heard that from his parents. They believed God, And this belief was transmitted to Samson. Oh, you parents, I cannot impress upon you enough how important your faith is to your children. It is true that your faith cannot save your children, but it can certainly encourage your children as they see you act in behalf of God's promises and on belief in his promises. Yes, Gonwell, we have to say that Samson's last act in killing all those Philistines
0: was in faith. And then there was Jephthah, who defeated the Ammonites. And Samuel, who asked God to send thunder and rain to increase the faith of the people. And of course, David, who killed the giant Goliath. All of these men of faith really helped me to see how important faith is in our lives.
1: And let's not forget Rahab, who hid the spies and Joshua and his march around Jericho marching with his men for seven days in obedience to God until the walls collapsed and they were able to take the city which was the gateway into Canaan the promised land. All these were people of faith and as we look back into the rest of this 11th chapter today we shall meet more heroes men of faith who lived with an eye on eternity and that's the title of our lesson for today but before we get into that lesson uh, which brings us to such men as Daniel and Elijah and Stephen and John the Baptist. I'd like first for Ganwo to share these letters uh, with you.
0: Dear Reverend and Mrs. Chinchin, Chin, many thanks for the lessons of thirty seven to forty eight and lesson one through eight of Exodus and Romans. And Mrs. Chin Chin, thank you for the certificating the T epistles. I ask that you pray for me to become a mother and grandmother like Timothy's mother, and grandmother who taught Timothy love and respect for God. I try with my children, but they still need a mother who will give them sound advice when it comes time for decisions for life. May God bless you and prosper God's work through you. May He grant you long life that you may enjoy your children's children, yours in Christ.
1: Well, thank you for all that fine letter, Gunwo. And that is from one of our faithful correspondents, listeners who also is a strong financial supporter of Bible College by radio. And we do appreciate uh, her letter. And I believe you have another one there for us. Go ahead and read that, Gunwo.
0: Dear Christians, may the Lord bless you all and keep you safe from the wicked for this work you are doing because by this program and teaching many have now repented and accepted Jesus as their own Savior I am sure God will help you and provide you all your needs for Christ's sake through this study I have learned many lessons in the Holy Bible which had it not been you I would not have known it thank you for helping me and all those who are taking this course greetings to you all in the holy name of our Savior Jesus Christ your fellow Christian.
1: Okay, thank you, Gonwell. Let's just do bow together now for prayer and pray for these who listen so faithfully that they will be encouraged even today. Father, we just look to you now and ask your blessing upon our lesson and pray that you'll be uh, with those who are listening. Thank you for these faithful listeners and may you encourage their hearts, meet their needs, and help them to understand your word better every day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we said, our lesson for today in Hebrews chapter 11, as we continue, the title of it is With an Eye on Eternity. Now, as we close out this 11th chapter, we see that we've learned one really important thing about faith, and that is that it is always looking forward, expectantly, to God's fulfillment of his promises. Now, these last verses in Hebrews 11 do not actually name the people who are being referred to here, but simply tell us what they did. And, of course, many of these acts may refer to more than one person, but we will just choose one who fits this description. First of all, let's read together from verses 33 to the end of the chapter in Hebrews chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, you can follow us. Uh, now, who through faith, and we've been talking about now the many heroes of faith, what more shall I say? And our, our last lesson, we talked about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness, were made strong, became valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, more bonds and imprisonment. they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tested, they were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having received witness through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they, without us, should not be made perfect. Now, Let's see here, first of all, that faith subdued kingdoms. What do you think that means, Gonwell?
0: Well, I think this means those kingdoms were the ones who tried to keep the children of Israel out of the promised land, but which were overcome by faith, the faith of men like Gideon and Barak and Samson and David.
1: i right, We read about a lot of those victories in the book of Judges, don't we? But this next phrase, righteousness, could be puzzling. How is faith involved in executing righteousness? Well, you know, I did some of Reverend Chin Chin's Bible detective work, and I think I have an interesting answer to that one.
0: I was wondering what you would say about that, Mrs. Chin Chin. Are we going to meet a famous prophet here?
1: No, Gonwell, we're going to meet a man who you may not even know. A man by the name of Phineas. I ran across him back in Psalms. Turn back to Psalms one hundred six verse thirty.
0: And I have heard of Phineas, Mrs. Chinchin. Was he that wicked son of Eli who got destroyed because of his sin? Is that who you mean?
1: No, Gonwell, this is not the same person at all. First read Psalm one oh six verse thirty and thirty one and then we'll see.
0: Then stood up Phineas, the priest, and executed judgment, and so the plague was stayed And that was credited to him for righteousness to all generations forever. All
1: right. Now you may ask the question, why was it counted unto him for righteousness when he executed judgment against those two people, Zimri and Gosbee? Turn back to Numbers chapter 25. And now we see in this chapter that God was angry with the children of Israel because they were in sex sin with all these heathen people. now, one man just boldly, very boldly, brought a heathen woman, a Midianite, by the name of Cosby, and gave her to his brother Zimri. And Phineas, when he saw the thing, he got his cutlass, and he went charging into the tent, and he killed both the man and the woman. Look at verse 6 in chapter 25, and uh, let me read that for you of Exodus now, excuse me, Numbers. Behold... One of the Israelites came and brought to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and all the congregation of Israel while they were weeping at the door of the tent of the meeting. And when Phinehas, son of Elisha, son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he rose up from the midst of the congregation and took a spear in his hand and he went after the man of Israel into the inner room and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman, through her body. And the plague was stayed from the Israelites. Nevertheless, those who died in the plague were twenty-five thousand. And the Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, has turned my wrath away from the Israelites, in that he was jealous with my jealousy among them, so that I did not consume the Israelites in my jealousy. Therefore, say, behold, I give to Phinehas the priest my covenant of peace, and he shall have it in his descendants after him, the covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was jealous for his God and made atonement for the Israelites. So you see, this was an act of faith on the part of Phineas, and it pleased God. Therefore, as we read in Psalms 106, it was counted unto him for righteousness.
0: I think this next phrase, obtained promises, is talking about all our heroes of faith. Don't you, Mrs. Chin
1: Yes, I do, Godmo. In other words, they secured the blessings promised by God. God assured Joshua that he would conquer Canaan, and he did. Gideon, uh, the Midianites, David, that he should be king, and many, many others. Specifically now, whose faith stopped the lions from eating them alive?
0: That was Daniel, Mrs. Chinchin. His three Jewish friends also stopped the violence of the fire. Mrs. Ginger, did you say we will soon begin our study in the book of Daniel?
1: Yes, I did, Gonwo In fact, our listeners should be writing for those lessons right away so as not to miss a single lesson in this exciting book. But for a preview, we can look back at Daniel chapter 6 and see how, when King Darius was tricked into making a decree that no one should pray to anyone but the king himself for 30 days, and if they did, they would be cast into the den of lions, and how Daniel, even though he knew about this law, refused to stop his daily prayers three times a day to God, so that King Darius was forced to throw him in that den of lions. But Daniel's faith was strong. And God sent his angel to shut up the mouths of those lions.
0: It was the same thing when Daniel's three friends were thrown in that fiery furnace, wasn't it?
1: Yes, Conwell, we read about that in chapter 3 of Daniel. King Nebuchadnezzar had made an image of gold, and he had commanded that all the people bow down and worship this idol, or else be cast into the burning fiery furnace.
0: And Daniel's three friends refused.
1: That's right. These three young Jewish men had been brought to serve in the king's palace. Uh, he had them named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But when the king heard that they would not bow down to his golden image, he was vexed. And he had these three friends of Daniel thrown into the fire. What happened, Gunwall?
0: <laughs> not even a hair on their head was stinked. Their clothes did not even uh, smell like fire. This is really amazing. But the
1: key, Ganwo, is found in verse 28 of chapter 3. Would you read that for us?
0: Then Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who believed, trusted in, and relied on him.
1: All right. It was faith that enabled them to be delivered from that fire. God always honors faith. Their faith quenched the violence of that fire. Now, who escaped the edge of the sword?
0: Well, we can think of David when he fled from Saul, and Elijah when he was running away from Jezebel.
1: And don't forget the prophet Elisha, when the king of Syria was trying to capture Elisha and sent a whole army with chariots and horses and surrounded the city where Elisha was. Elijah escaped the edge of the sword. Look at 2 Kings, uh, verse uh, Fifteen in chapter 6, he trusted God and God blinded all those men so they could not kill Elisha. Listen to this uh, in verse 15. When the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was around the city and Elisha's servants said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And Elisha answered, Fear not, for those with us are more than those with them. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, I pray you, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, smite this people with blindness that uh, I pray you, God. And God smote them with blindness as Elisha asked. Now you see, he trusted God and God honored his face.
0: Out of weakness were made strong. That's what we read at the end of verse 34 in this great fifth chapter, Hebrew 11. I know that refers to almost all of God's people, Mrs. Chinchee.
1: True, Ganwo. Many, many helpless people have been made strong by their faith. Now let's look at verse 35. Women received their dead raised to life again. Now, if we turn back to 1 Kings chapter 17, we see how the faith of a widow resulted in Elijah being able to raise her son from the dead. And over in 2 Kings chapter 4, we see another woman who showed her faith in God by honoring uh, his prophet, Elisha. She fixed up a little room for him in her house. It was called the prophet's corner. Uh, But then one day, this woman's son became seriously sick. Uh, And look at verse 18 of chapter 4 in 2 Kings. And let me read that for you. In chapter 4 of Second Kings, beginning with verse 18, When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father with the reapers. But he said to his father, My head, my head. And the man said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he was brought to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the prophet, the man of God, and shut the door and went out. And she called her husband and she said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may make go quickly to the man of God and come again. And he said, Why go to him today? It's neither new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, uh, It will be all right. And she saddled the donkey and she said to the servant, Ride fast. Do not slacken your pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out. And came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. Now we're talking about Elisha here. And when Elisha saw her far off, he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder's that Shumanite. Run to meet her and say, Is it well with you, well with your husband, well with your child? And she answered, It is well. When she came to the mountain to the man of God, she clung to his feet. Gehazi came to thrust her away, but the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is bitter and vexed within her, and the Lord has hid it from me and has not told me in other words he didn't know what was troubling her and she said did I desire a son did I not say don't deceive me then he said to Gehazi gird up your loins and take my staff in your hand and go and lay my staff on the face of the child if you meet any man do not salute him if he salutes you do not answer him the mother of the child said as the Lord lives and as my soul lives I will not leave you and he arose and followed her Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff on the child's face but the boy neither spoke nor heard so he went back to meet Elisha and said to him the child is not awakened when Elijah arrived in the house the child was dead and laid upon his bed so he went in shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord and then we read he asked that the child came back to life oh the faith of men such as Elijah and Elisha but even as they suffered they would not deny their faith. The rest of verse 35 we read that others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Now it was their faith in eternity that prevented them from denying God. And we read in verse 36 that others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment, Now, you see, Elijah suffered, as well as many of the early Christians, such as Paul and Peter. And then in verse 37, we read that they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tested, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Uh, Some of them were even stoned to death. Remember Stephen in the book of Acts?
0: Yes, I certainly do, Mrs. Tinchy. Stephen preached a powerful message against the Jews. And away they had dis- uh, disobeyed God. We read this in chapter 7 of Acts. And after they heard him, they became really vexed.
1: Oh, read the, uh, those last uh, verses, well in Acts chapter 7.
0: Verse 54 says, Now upon hearing these things, they were cut to the heart and infuriated, and they ground their teeth against Stephen. But he full of the Holy Spirit and controlled by him gazed into heaven and saw the glory the splendor and majesty of God and Jesus standing at God's right hand and he said look I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing at God's right hand but they raised a great shout and put their hands over their ears and rushed together upon him Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses placed their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And while they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive and accept and welcome my spirit. And falling on his knees, he cried out loudly, Lord, fix not this sin upon them. Lay it not to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep in death.
1: Mm, That was really terrible, wasn't it? And others, we read, were sown asunder. We believe that is referring to Isaiah. And others were killed by the sword. Remember, John the Baptist was beheaded. He also went about in the skins of sheep and goats, destitute, oppressed, cruelly treated. Now, it was not only the Jews of the early Christian church that suffered for their faith. Even up to modern times, Christians who take a stand for Christ will suffer persecution and through the centuries uh, there have been many, many martyrs for the Christian faith with an eye on eternity these Christians know that they're not living just for this present world they are looking forward to a better resurrection verse 38 tells us that this world is not worthy of those who suffer for their faith in such a way look at verse 38 now in Hebrews again of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and in caves of the earth. But you see, and this is an amazing thing that we need to see as we finish up this 11th chapter. Although they pleased and honored God by their faith, they did not receive their reward. They must wait for us. Look at verse 39. And these all having received witness through faith did not receive the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. But, Mrs. Chinchin, that doesn't seem
0: fair. Why do they have to wait for us?
1: Well, Ganwo, God has a wonderful, glorious day out in front for His faithful witnesses. When Christ comes again for His church, we shall all be changed in the twinkling of an eye to go to meet the Lord in the air. The dead in Christ shall go first, and those of us who are still alive at His coming will join them. There we will all be together made perfect, complete, as we are given a new body, a resurrected body like unto his glorious body. And then, oh, and then will those rewards be given out? Crowns for faithfulness, crowns for all the uh, wonderful things that God has provided for us. And then that special, modest crown. Oh, my friend, can you bear to believe that one day you will stand alongside Isaiah and Daniel and Elijah and Elisha and Stephen and John the Baptist and Paul yes indeed you will the scripture has declared it to be so because as we read in verse 40 of Hebrews 11 now God had in mind something better and greater in view for us so that they these heroes of the faith should not come to perfection apart from us that is before we could join them as we read in Revelation chapter 6 verse 11 then they were each given a long and flowing and festive white robe and told to rest and wait patiently a little longer until the number should be complete of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed as they themselves had been oh my friend will you be there when the roll is called up yonder will you be able to answer here Am I, Lord? Oh, you cannot be there for that great roll call unless, first of all, here on earth you have said, Here am I, Lord. Send me. Well, thank you, friends, for listening again to Bible College by radio. May God bless you and keep you in all your ways.
0: He's the greatest one that ever watered He rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea And He says, I will lead you, put your trust in